All right, we gonna talk about dicks in this episode? Yeah, like we, boy I stuff. I mean, we have to. Previously on Watch and Talk, the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Is that KKKK? That's what I was gonna ask. It's four Ks. Why don't they? Why aren't they KKKK? Check by the that. way, we're going to get sued by Staffel. <laughs> we've like we've turned their brand into like the synonym for lies. They, it is. It is. If might makes a right, then might is tight. What is Whitney Houston's favorite type of coordination? Hendai! Hello, everybody. This is season two, episode six, six. of Watch and Talk. It's been, what, a month and a change a little bit since we last recorded? Happy holidays. Uh, we're here on the last day of civilization. Mm. Um, tomorrow, President Wario takes office. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're one short this week. We're missing Elise. She is sick, but uh, we wanted to get an episode out. So we're, we're going on a boys' night Got tonight. a lot of boys here. I think it's going to be good, guys. Yeah. Yeah, so stick around if you're an Elise fan We're boy the good or girl. Guys. Um, so I'm an Elise fan. Jumping into the... Nah. What do you think about her, Jason? <laughs> I'm a fan. I like... She's cute. No, she's the best. She's really cute. Good laugh. Yeah. We're going to have to put some laugh track in. <laughs> yeah, Jason, could you do I'll more the- laugh? You don't laugh as much when I do jokes, but Elise like, always laughs. No, I, no, I'm constantly laughing at your jokes, okay. but you can't hear that because Elise, Elise is Elise laughing. La- laughed a lot. I'll, I'll do some... Uh, samples of previous episodes Thank and you. just insert her at key points in the episode <laughs> <laughs> so that, that wasn't her yeah no she does it good though. so the previously on in this episode is read by leo and it's 100 percent ainsley like literally just like last time yeah i thought it was the last episode i kind of did a fast forward because it was all the ainsley right. i like the idea that somebody started watching in like season two and like oh this west wing show it's really great and they just think it's a show about ainsley <laughs> i think that was their idea to make her the central character yeah. of the show she's gonna be the president by the end of season two <laughs> she's doing her thing she's in the white house um the episode is called the lame duck congress um and like an egg cream features neither egg nor cream nor a lame duck congress as we'll get to no uh no duck Okay. So there's a CJ press briefing at the beginning of the episode. There is a politician from Ukraine. And there's a thing throughout the episode where they keep saying the Ukraine inadvertently, which is actually like... But an that's offens- not correct. It's offensive to Ukrainians, yeah. right? Wow. The Ukrainian. I think the president even says that. I'm offended. I might be. That's where my people are from. So this guy is visiting the White House. He is a story. member mm. of... The Ukrainian parliament, and he's running for president, I believe, but he's not actually the president, so he can't take super high-level meetings. Mr. Kononoff, while he's here in Washington, is not meeting with the Secretary of State or any cabinet-level official, for that matter. He's not meeting with the U.N. ambassador or any senior aides representing NATO allies, and he's certainly not meeting with the president. And guess what happens later in the episode? So they set that storyline up, and there is this other one with this senator-elect Morgan Mitchell, who is the senator-elect from Pennsylvania, and he is going to block the nuclear test ban treaty, which is from season one. They talked about it a little bit. They've been working on this bill for a while. Did we? I'm sure we went over what a test ban is. We mostly talked Te- about the pronunciation of it, where the emphasis goes. Yeah. Test ban? Test ban treaty? Well, no, we, we covered the right. fact that it's indisputable that it's a nuclear test ban treaty. Previously, <laughs> on this show. Yes. Okay, so I guess what that means is that you can't 
because I've already set off you. nuclear bombs. Yeah, I agree test with them. That. You can't test them. I guess Just countries usually test. I'm them. for that. Well, the story is like you test it. And then everyone gets all nervous, it's and a then they develop them. What do you mean they develop them? Like, you test them, and then other countries are like, oh, well, now I'm going to start making them. good sure. test, bro. Like Toby says later. Yeah, India and Pakistan. Yeah, India sets one off, so Pakistan thinks they have to get one. Yeah. So, there's this big treaty that 82% of the people in the country want signed, and the White House wants signed. But Senator-elect Morgan Mitchell does not want signed. Mitchell says over his dead body. I think like all freshmen, Senator-elect Mitchell will discover that he's one of 100 and that his power is considerably more limited than he imagines. That said, the new Senate will ratify the treaty, and we really don't care what condition his body is CJ. in when they CJ. do. CJ. Yeah, she's, real, she's really sure of herself Yeah, in this, in this scene here. And the same thing about the—actually, everything CJ says in this press briefing turns out to be totally wrong. She's very wrong about it. And she's wrong about whether that guy's going to meet the president. Spoilers. And she's wrong to Danny when he asks, Has the president considered ordering a lame duck session so the current Senate can vote on the treaty? Okay, anybody but Danny. CJ. No. He hasn't considered it. Danny, I don't know every thought that passes through the president's head, but there have been no discussions. That you're aware of. That I'm aware of. Well, I'd like to know if the president's considered it. Is that something you can check out and get back to us on? You bet. It's after the election, so some of the people might be voted out of office and before the new Congress gets signed in. It's like right now. The new well, Congress is signed in. Yeah, I guess in December. Yeah. This actually, this episode, the guy says later, he's like, I'm only going to be a senator for 10 more weeks, so this must be right after the midterms, yeah. within do, a week or two. Do you get a lot of lame ducks in the wild? Do you think that's a... a, a I don't know where that phrase comes from, to be honest. Yeah. It's a little weird. Jason, what do you think? I feel like I mean, it has something to do with like hunting. Yeah, because ducks are already lame. It's like, it's, a, like the, it's like they've been it's redundant. shot, but they didn't die outright when you yeah. shot them. So they're sort of like hobbling around wounded. Yeah, like just say duck. It's like pitiful. They're it's not like very the, cool. The sack of pitiful, just say duck. rejected political just duck. blubber. You don't have to say, you just say duck. You're saying lame is redundant? Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a, do we do an Elise here? Drop an Elise okay. in there, yeah. So what is it? Is a new one like a strong, strong duck session when the new Congress comes in? <laughs> virile duck session i don't know they do one of those like show cj on the tv and then pan around into another scene and it's josh and donna josh does a pretty decent job of explaining the what in psychology is called the white bear problem so have you guys you guys know about this no i didn't know about this don't think of a white bear Mm, i did yep so Danny's question is, has the president considered bringing a lame duck session, and could you ask him about that? And the act of asking him that makes him think of that, so therefore he has considered it. So So this plot line is the game. The game? The movie? No, no, the game on the internet. You know, the the game. Like the pickup artist stuff? No, it's called the game. If you're thinking about the game, you lose. Huh. You just lost. Both of them. Yeah. I was winning the game, and then I just lost. But also, guys, so did I. And so did all of you. And Losers. The, the clinical name is called Ironic Process Theory. It's actually just called The Game. No, for but, the white bear problem. Okay. But the white, yeah, the game is that, though. Yeah. Is this a thing? It's a big thing. Is it's, it really ironic? Ironic Process Theory. That's what Wikipedia says. Hmm. Check the show notes. Anyways, uh, Isn't Donna. Isn't it ironic when you're thinking of the bear, but you can't think of the bear? <laughs> so Donna has her little issue for this episode. Do you know how many 
people acquire carpal tunnel syndrome? It shouldn't surprise you to learn that I do not. 600,000 Americans a year. Do you have any idea how painful it is? Pain in your forearm, no grip. You lose the ability to pinch. They're, they're kind of leaning hard on this story device in the past few episodes. And can I just say, a uh, Yas Queen? Donna's my hero right, in this so episode. She, she has OSHA, which I think is that wildling girl from Game of Thrones' yeah, name. Yeah, that's the occupational... And... It's like about chairs and ergonomic keyboards. Yeah, and this is important stuff. You guys are laughing right now. You're, you're right. laughing. So Josh is dismissive of this as a waste of money and time and resources. But you've had experience with this, right? Oh, oh funny you should ask. Because I've had experience with this. <laughs> and it's uh, bad. It's a bad experience. Which one? Did you have the carpal tunnel? That's one such example, but no, I had the tendonitis, which was name-checked. Is that from hitting enter on your keyboard too much? It's from typing too fast. Hmm. Yeah. When I type... The speed matters? Yeah, a little smoke come off the keys. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you, what were your treatments there? You, went, you did some I've acupuncture, I tried all the treatments. I, remember. I did acupuncture. Massage? I went, I went... Yeah, I did sensual massage. I did all sorts of uh, other kinds of massage. A uh, lady stepped on my back... I put my hands in a big pile of dirt. Uh, they huh. hooked me up to an electric Let me hear more machine. About that one. Yeah, so the I pile just, of dirt one. Okay, I called it going to the beach, but basically, I would put my hand <laughs> into a big like bucket of sand, and the, then they'd turn on the machine, and the sand would kind of jiggle around with like tiny electro waves. I'm not a scientist. Is that isn't that like in Kill Bill how she trained to poke through the coffin yeah i can't i still can't do that but i've been i've been to the beach a lot basically you just you put your hand in the sand and the sand jiggles so what's the electro one also once they'll they'll hook me up to the electric machine then you turn up the dial and you feel uh the shock in your arm like a like a jolt they did that one could you pinch i couldn't pinch and it, it was a uh Detriment to your sexual harassment lifestyle. <laughs> I I couldn't pinch. There was no pinching. Then I saw that does seem like it would be like pinching is kind of like what separates us from the apes. Yeah, it's the opposable thumb. Apes don't pinch. No, they don't have the, the thumb for it. No, they do. Do they? Apes don't write in. This is just a no. Bit. They've got. I think they've got opposable. It was, it's what separates us from the dolphins. It's they what, can't pinch. Dolphins deaf can't well, pinch, can, but they, they blow cool underwater. Yeah, that yeah. Count. that's called Snout, biting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. OSHA. I did uh, massage therapy. I went to the doctor. So many doctors. Wait, so do you think that the price of these various treatments was more or less than an ergonomic keyboard? Oh, the, that keyboard is pretty cheap. Yeah, nip, if you could nip it in the butt. Right? Yeah. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. And you might need a, a standing desk. Would that have helped? You might need to change your monitor height. Yeah, the height, the height of your chair. Yeah, work on that height. Yeah, do you have an adjustable? Yeah, don't sleep on your ergonomic health. Mm-mm. Nip it in the bud. So Donna's fighting the good fight here, but nobody else wants to hear it. And so she's going to have to organize, <laughs> and she does over the course of the episode. Uh, so he leaves Donna, Sam, CJ, and Toby kind of meet up with Josh in the communications bullpen. And Sam says that we actually should call a lame duck session because there's this sequence of senatorial musical chairs for committee assignments. There isn't a seat open on foreign relations. There's a seat open on appropriations. Casey will move. What do you think? What's going on? Casey wants appropriations and he has the seniority. So we'll have to give up budget. Which Taglio will jump at in a second, which clears the way for Newberry and Senate Armed Services. Newberry leaving opens up judiciary. 
Now, who wants to be named attorney general under the next Republican president? Howard Weston. That's right, so he takes the seat on judiciary. Vacating his seat on foreign relations. So there's a seat open on foreign relations. There was a lot of whatever to whatever's talk. Yeah. There was like a whole five minutes of whatever to whatever talk. And that guy, Mitchell, that guy's going to actually get the committee assignment that he wants, and he's going to be able to kill this treaty. And so Sam says there's no way they're going to pass it in the new Congress, so let's consider a lame duck session. And um, Can we just? I thought we were just going to call it duck. Oh, duck session. Yeah, just yeah. a duck session. And I, I got to shout out to Richard Schiff some props for some great bagel work in this episode. I didn't even notice that. I didn't see the bagel In that work. whole scene, he's just smearing cream cheese on a bagel the entire time <laughs> it's ridiculous god bless well how did they keep the continuity of that i didn't even notice yeah. what could you, did you it's catch? really it's subtle it was wow. on the second view <laughs> yeah 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 you catch a lot of that good stuff on the second viewing yeah when you're not yeah. really concerned yeah. about the plot what kind of bagel did you see what kind <laughs> I, of bagel? I, I think it was plain i think it was playing cream cheese too. i want to tell you guys Vanilla. i went out to that for, for by the way that is an acceptable bagel i was uh, oh, totally. i was home I was uh, on a vacation a couple weeks ago. A man, I won't name names, okay? I'm not going to name names, but a man no I narc. know. No, please. Bark, he wanted bagel. to get a narc. cinnamon raisin bagel. No. Okay, mm. right? But wait, there's more. With a savory bagel spread. Sorry. Uh, Is this... Uh, not a Jew. <laughs> was he? No. Okay. <laughs> a Romanian. I mean, whatever. I like to eat locks with my chocolate chip pancake. That's crazy. Oh, my God. No. Don't do it. So that's the credits. We're we're lame. We're ducking Congress this episode. And come Just back. Just a regular duck. It's the Oval Maybe Office. Maybe we can even add regular duck. Just yeah, specify. regular duck session. A regular duck session. Just a classic duck session. Plain old duck. Run-of-the-mill duck. <laughs> Average duck. It's the Oval Office. Everybody is cross-talking, arguing. Elise would have laughed. <laughs> I'll, dro- I'll drop it yeah, in there. Yeah, okay. Uh, but the- out of pity? She does that. She does that a lot Yeah, she's me. good like that. She's great. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to the Oval Office. Uh, everybody's cross-talking, talking about whether they can pass this thing or not. Uh, the president is visibly annoyed at this. Sam, this darling! is hard to justify. Yes, sir? Could I have a couple of aspirin? Or a weapon of some kind to kill people with. Yes, sir. Is that cool? Can the president say that? Like, if he you can pardon the... himself. Mm. If you weren't the president, as, as the president, he has a no murder situation going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. so he mm-hmm. can do whatever he wants. Really, self pardon? Why not? Can you self commute? Sure. What's the weirdest way you guys have ever self commuted? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I self commuted my elbow once. I def- definitely. Like I self commuted in my elbow. <laughs> oh Ooh. yeah corkscrew mm. yeah that's where <laughs> that's where i was going too with that yeah okay all right then <laughs> everybody is in agreement um everybody in the room's in agreement i think cj might have some reservations but the only thing they only drawback is if they don't pass the vote but if they think they can pass the vote they're going to do it leo and the president basically agree to it leo look even when they're here in session trying to get 100 senators in a line is still like trying to get cats to walk in a parade what do you want to do Let's take the leadership's temperature in the lame duck session. Let's also get some kind of nose count and see where we are. I wrote down here, cats on parade. What does that mean? It's just a little That's reference. a Rage Against the Machine song. Cats on parade. Yeah. No, well, he, uh, yeah. Leo says something about how it's like herding cats. It's like, uh, yeah. And I just thought, cats on parade, that's a delightful. So you know how people always say there's more mm. than one way to skin a cat? It's true. For when I was a kid, I thought... 
hurting cats was like H-U-R-T because of that. More than one way. How many ways are there, really? Probably a lot. Basically, like... Hold on. I let me like let me let me basically encapsulate the entire skinny cat idea. You take the skin off the cat. You remove the cat's skin. You could yeah. go That's it. You could go tail first. You use a knife. No, see this I is would a imagine trap. You go feet first. There's exi- there's one way to skin a cat. Get that skin off that cat. So remove skin from cat. All right. No? I think this is a little question begging, but I, I see your point. Okay. I think it's really not something you're supposed to contemplate. You de-skin the cat. Get the cat, and then you take off the skin. Yeah. That's it, One baby. Way. Simple. Yeah. By the way, I just, I just want to signpost, this episode is secretly an exploration of the Federalist Papers. All right. Interesting. I'm just pointing that out. Teachers out there, if you want to teach your students about the Federalist Papers... Make them listen to this, this episode. Make them listen to this episode of this podcast. This is how where you talk about corkscrew dicks. Get to play Candy Crush while your class watches a TV show. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Interesting. I've never read the Federalist Papers. Pretty good stuff. Any good papers. It's in English. Do they? They don't talk about the Federalist Papers in Hamilton. I was just going to say another popular media that references the Federalist Papers is the popular musical Hamilton. Yes. Huh. So the senior staff um, and Leo are in Leo's office after that. Um, I, no, I like this episode. This episode's very realistic. Are we doing final thoughts? Now? No, we're doing middle <laughs> thoughts. Okay. No, because so I think far. this is good. They're setting up. They're all, they're all excited to do a thing, and it's a spectacular failure. And there's a, gonna, there's one little thing in the Oval Office scene too, where it's like anything else. What else? The State Department wants permission to change the terminology from rogue nations to states of concern. Not now. What else? Medicare coverage of clinical trials. Not now. What else? Fraud awareness for small business owners. Not now. Anything else? Important sounding things. Yeah, it's like he's like nope, nope, nope. Later, later, later. Yeah, those things do get resolution. I think all of them get some in this little episode. payoff. Yeah, just oh, it's a line oh, really? or two. It's just subtle things, and because it's quick. Yeah, but there, uh, on the second watch, it was like, oh yeah, that's actually like Sam's thing is the thing with him and Ainsley. CJ's thing. Yeah, I had a question about him and Ainsley, they and how that related to OSHA, because that also had to do with small businesses. Uh, yeah, I guess they. I don't think they're explicitly related, but they would affect the same people, maybe. Lots of small business talk going on. So they go into Leo's office. Leo is very concerned that there's an editorial coming out about how the president doesn't use his time wisely. <laughs> there's going to be an editorial in the Post tomorrow. You're kidding me. The president's time isn't being used efficiently. Schedules are abandoned before lunch. There's four in two weeks. The West Wing resembles a high school yearbook office. <clears throat> and I believe I'm compared to a substitute teacher. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. Is that a slow news day going on at the Washington Post here? Where they're writing editorials about how the president's not keeping his schedule every day. I mean, they're really trying to make this episode like a demonstration of the tail wagging the dog concept. Like, the entire lame duck plot line is... The entire able-bodied or lame duck is all Danny. Like, the first scene of the episode, it's like, Danny's like incepting this entire chain of events into the white house and it culminates in him it's exactly what he wanted to have happen oh i didn't understand at the end when they all like woke up from a dream and they were up to that was the machines with yeah. danny sitting next to them you were there 
It's like this snow globe or something. And then the president spins a top and he says, what's next? Yeah, so this is the fourth editorial about the president's schedule in two weeks, I think they say. Mm. (laughs) Or maybe just negative towards the administration editorials. Do you think this is, yeah, now thinking about it, was this, do you think this is uh, specifically editorials? They do say that. That is yeah. what they said, Because right? so everybody like, right. wants to hold Danny separate because they're like, oh, he has nothing to do with the editorial. Right. Well, really, he doesn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. Like, absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. He gets paid by the same people, but that's it. And his articles get printed in the same newspaper. Yeah. No matter what he says or does, it has nothing to do with the editorial. Right. But in response to this editorial, Leo's got some new rules, and it's essentially that... You need an answer from the president? You want to brief him. You want him to weigh in. I want to see a summary on my desk, absolutely no longer than two pages, and I want my initials on it before you go into the Oval Office. And I don't think Leo's saying he necessarily has to give approval to the contents, just that he has to. He wants them to go through the exercise just of that distilling they have to their do arguments. Just a book report. Right. They think it's going to cramp their style because they have 20-plus page reports, they say, later. I think Sam says he can't distill his position papers down to two pages. Two pages seems like you could get a lot of information across. Yeah, I was thinking, wow, two pages. That's like more than one page. Does it have yeah, does it have to be two pages? Can so, you double space? Here, this is a okay, as a person who writes prose designed to make to like manipulate people into believing certain things <laughs> for a living, writing in prose is stupid. People don't <laughs> You want read. bullet points. P- bullet points. Thank you. Bullet points. That's what I Trump had, said this week. I had such a great law professor, and I asked him, can I do my contract exam in an outline form? And he was like, please, absolutely. And then announced to the class, you can do it in outline form. And I got a good grade in that class probably because I was able to put out more information. Saved him some work. It saved him work. Why does he have to read my connective language? Furthermore. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. I like moreover. Oh. It's like two you different words. All the rage now, as such. Oh. Instead of therefore, or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as a result or whatever. Mm-hmm. Conclusion, conclusion. No, I'm hearing phrase. you. I'm yeah. hearing you. Accordingly, also, it's like a nice backup. Ooh. Presently. Nice mm. No? Okay. Yeah. I wanted to be in the club. As such, we should switch to outlines instead of prose when we are trying to convince people of things because it's easier to comprehend. Makes sense. As Furthermore, such... the boys start walking and talking. They leave CJ off somewhere. They are planning their get the votes strategy for this treaty the main thing is that they're going to offer reservations to senate members and i had no idea what this was i had to look it up it's get, a, him a, get him a nice dinner do you know about these from did you do treaty law no in law school so it's basically that a country in the process of being a party to a treaty can attach reservations that change how that treaty will be interpreted in that country so it's like a little contingency clause or yeah it's um what's like it's like a signing the what's the executive signing thing that like oh yeah 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 like a like a line item veto it's it's not quite that it's more like a amendment that like okay we're like signing on to this but uh section three article b Clause seven means this here. Yeah, yeah. So they the example on the Wikipedia page, which is where I get all my information, is some war crimes thing the United States is a party to. There's like some international court thing, and they basically say we only 
approve of the results of this court if we pre-approve any cases going into the court. Mm-hmm. So if we have like a before veto and it's just like in the United States' interpretation of that, it's not in the actual treaty. It's in like the United States' version. Yeah. They're able to add this thing. That's a solid reservation. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Um, so they want to do the same thing, apparently, for this. Their reservation, I assume, would be, but we contest them. The only reservations you would make is that, like, except for sometimes. Well, except for when we want to use them. We already that's tested not a te- them. That's not a test, though. We tested them. They yeah, work. but you make new ones. We don't need... We, I guess, but they good. work. They work. If, if you do the nuclear, it's a big bomb. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you can we, do those little ones, like in Starship Troopers. We do the little bomb. We've done the homework for you. If you do the nuclear... It will make a big bomb. Yeah. Okay? Big boom. Yeah, big bada boom. Insert a least laugh. Two of the guys that they're gonna <laughs> Two of the guys that they're gonna meet with a movie reference. their I liked it. primary yeah. character trait is the way they order lunch. So I'm very excited to meet these guys later. That is cool. That's yeah. interesting. They're, yeah, he's he is very concerned with their ordering. I'm I'm just gonna say like this is a he's really setting us up for like expecting some seriously quirky and eccentric ordering right but then later we see like the guy's concerned about his salad dressing like it's not that crazy (laughs) he wants to specify his dressing this has come this is like what 20 years 15 years after when harry met sally yeah that's that's the no no, that would this would actually been a little closer six seven years maybe the 95 probably 10 ish Okay, I'm know. just saying Whatever. that, like, the ordering in the eccentric and high maintenance ordering in that film really set the bar high for what I expect from high maintenance food ordering. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. Well, as we will see, I could I could have done I could have done with some more eccentric and bizarre. It could have been a whole episode. Don't <laughs> don't set concerned. my expectations. So you shouldn't have just said you should have, this was you shouldn't have said anything. Before all the I mean God. This is before ordering got crazy. They didn't have GF on menus back in the day when this oh, came yeah. out. These guys were eating. Oh my god. All day they, think it, they think it was crazy then. Now you should see our ordering now. Our Thanksgiving baby. had three different gravies. Yeah, we've got special apps for individual orderings. Yeah, oh, I have a, it's there's like a, there's an appetizer like round before your appetizer. Your pre apps. Your amuse bouche to to your amuse bouche. You don't order those usually. They just bring those. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like so, a prefix. Sam has. One other thing in the scene, he's got to distill his fraud position paper that's 20-something pages now, um, but he doesn't have time because he has to take all these meetings, and Ainsley has got to do it instead. And he doesn't want Ainsley to do it because that's his rival, and I think he secretly wants to fuck her. She's very cute. and I didn't see the way around. I think it's both, but yeah. She's very, I guess she's not very secretive about like, it. Like, physically cute. But she's also, <laughs> like, kind of... And mentally cute. Like, just honest, being honest about the fact she's manipulating. And emotionally, I think, also, she's very cute. (laughs) Are there any other planes for which she can be cute? She's very cute. Metaphysically. Meta, meta. Mm. Smells cute. Yeah, she got that smell. Next scene is CJ and Danny. Um, This starts 
a plot line of CJ being mad about Danny. Uh, actually, she's already been mad about Danny in this episode, but that's pretty much her whole arc. She's this still episode. mad. She's, she's she mad remains at Danny mad uh, about this editorial and maybe something else. Uh, mm, some personal stuff. It's not personal, she says. But okay. But maybe who knows? Did they bone? They did before. Aha! Uh-huh. She does the job of leaking the consideration of the RDS regular duck session to Danny. Thank you. And uh, she plays him like a fiddle there too. Yeah, gets like gets Carol to call somebody yeah. as like a show. She like uses the bow to um <laughs> tunes him up. Yeah. But I mean, he he seems like he's savvy enough where he this is like, you know. Well, he's just doing that. a dance. He says that later. He's like, I leaked your story for you. Yeah. <laughs> but then she says, no, I leaked your, your leak. Like, he gets exactly what the message is. He's like, okay, can I quote you? Can I say, like, senior White House sources? Right. And then after that is Josh and Donna. Donna drops some more signs about ergonomics. Um, She's been studying, it seems like. She knows yeah, what she's Yeah, she knows about. about the stuff. Guys, it's important. I cannot stress... If you're feeling a pain in your arms, nip it in the bud now before it stretch. gets bad. Stretch. I've done the stretch. I've been to so many different stretchers. I did a manual stretcher. I did all the, you know, uh, professional stretchers. I'm telling you. If it's a, I bet you did a manual stretcher. Yeah. If, if this is a problem, seek help now before it's too late. Is, it, is a manual stretcher like a, one of the sequels in the Emmanuel series? The, oh boy. So Red Shoe. Oh, I'm in space. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Cinemax, guys. <laughs> Remember before the internet? <laughs> no. No. So Josh's main objection is... Because the SBA says that the cost of small businesses could exceed $18 billion the first year. There'll be a huge increase in workmen's compensation premiums. And Republicans find the word ergonomic to be silly. If we backed off of everything because of words the Republicans found silly, we'd have a lot of pregnant teenagers and no health care. We do have a lot of pregnant teenagers and no health care. Charlie comes in and drops a great name, the name of the week for sure, Vasily Koninov. Vasily Koninov. And he is a silly guy. And he is in the driveway, and he is drunk, um, like most Eastern European people. It's a bit on the nose, guys. And, right. Come and on. Supposedly, the female. It's a little racially insensitive. Well, I'm just saying. If you think that was insensitive, whoa! The female hey. in the limousine with him is a prostitute or security attaché. Or security attaché. And Sam is immediately what, what? concerned it might be his security attaché. <laughs> yeah. Does he think this? Does he think he Laurie... knows a lot of the one security attache? <laughs> Does he think Laurie's like a bodyguard? On you her? don't know. She gets around. But let's just let's what? just keep that in mind when we eventually meet this security attache slash slash for hire. Charlie yeah. says she's cute at one point in the episode. Oh, later to Leo, I think he's like uh, he's like yeah, the the lady's kind of cute. <laughs> but um, what's an attache? It's like a bag. Like yeah, like a little uh, little side. Literally. It's like a little suitcase or something. No, but is like it a briefcase? Is that, but is that the other way around? It's like is an attaché. It's just a. It's just like oh. a, an, an attachment and a, an accessory. Attaché. It's just a cute way to say attaché. Agreed. The next scene is Ainsley and Sam. Uh, this is where he gives her the briefing paper that he wants her to summarize. Um, he gets a, a little gentle mockery for it no it's sweet that you need my help don't need your help i'm asking for your help so let's not make a federal dad it's me sam's asking for my help put the phone down 
Gotta go, Dad. I need to help Sam. But she has some demands to do She's it. She's playing hardball. She wants to go on these meetings to the hill. She's uh, got big ideas. She wants to learn from the master. The master. Says, which is a, you know, that's where she's kind of manipulating him emotionally. A little manipulating. She, she also says she wants it. to eat his lunch. Yeah. So She's very of, hungry in this right, episode. So I can't tell if that's like a a thing she's doing compulsively or a thing she's intentionally doing sort of like a, I drink your milkshake kind of thing. Oh, like, I eat I'm your gonna, lunch I'm going to eat your like delicious donut you've been saving, motherfucker. <laughs> I want to go with the latter. Yeah, I like that. She's very smart. When she does yeah. it later, it's kind of the same thing, too. Even the though muffin, she yeah. gets chastised for it, yeah. it's a power move. Yeah. Yeah, in the room, it's power. After you emasculate a man, ask for his muffin. What's he going to say? No, that's my muffin? That's not yeah, cool. He's going to give it to you. Yeah, you're going to get a muffin out of She's it. like, are you going to eat that? No. No, no you not. aren't. In Leo's office, we have Sam, Leo, and Josh. Uh, they brief Leo on the drunk ukrainian guy situation see i think personally that boris and natasha jokes are racist i think first sure. of all we're over it there's no you can they no were, longer they, make a they were boris russian anyways right? and yeah, natasha oh, aren't russians caucasian yes what are you gonna say so it's like what are you trying to say aren't you kind of like doing a whole reverse discrimination thing right now yeah that's right we're are we doing that oh gosh really hmm hmm this is where Sam thinks it's maybe Lori. Then Leo dispatches hmm. Josh. You now have permission to talk to him. Put him in an office, dry him out, and explain why he can't see the president. Okay. Toby then has his lunch with the lunch guys. Um, they are picky about their lunch orders. Yeah, but... I guess so. Yeah, I think the risotto, but I'd like to cook with chicken broth instead of oil. Is that possible? Sure. And I'd like to substitute the snow peas for the asparagus. Yeah, I'll the same, but I don't want the uh, squashy puree with cream or butter. In fact, does it even have to be pureed? Fellas. One of them kind of looks like Martin Scarelli a little bit. Oh, and the other one looks like some other dude. Sure. <laughs> the guy orders risotto, which is not really a lunch order. That's, that's a dinner. It's kind of heavy for It's lunch. really heavy. But he says, Dude. Can you please not cook my risotto in oil? <laughs> which is How rice. do you risotto? You don't cook rice in oil? Well, but... I remember making. Oh, just when you're when you're stirring it. Yeah, man, the stirring. Okay. Then you do like when you make a risotto, you, you some... do like kind of a walk almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's low and slow. Yeah. yeah. Low and slow. The one guy just doesn't want. He wants yeah. snow peas instead of asparagus, which you know, it's not a big deal. Not a big substitution's deal. okay. Like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then Toby can't even be bothered to tell him how he wants his steak cooked. Toby, you say medium rare. That's it. That's all you have to say. It was less. And that lets them know that you know how a good steak is made. You say medium rare. Then you're a regular dude. That's less words than just cook it. Yeah. Medium rare. Okay, Toby. Steak, medium rare, ginger ale. Fine order. Um, oh, wait, well, what kind of steak, guys? A medium you rare can't, You can't steak. just be like, give me a steak. He says New York Strip. Does he? Yeah. He, so he, says, okay, good. he says the kind of steak he wants or something. Realism has been achieved. These guys, I assume, work for Republicans is the implication in this scene. People have got to be eating steaks for centuries before New York comes into the picture. Yeah, I get Why it. is New York at all the credit for the strip? They certainly didn't invent this cut of meat. There are like cuts of meat that do like get invented every once in a while. Really? <laughs> Remember they just like do a fancy a fancy cut? Yeah, I they, said fancy, they, they like figure fancy, out that like everybody's been like, you know, you you take the leg and you 
cut it off at this angle. Yeah. And somebody's like, what if you just do it at this angle? Oh. You get this other cut of meat. How about my new cut? Really? So you think, uh, really, it's in New York. So we're, so what you're presupposing is that in the past 200 some odd years, yeah, I'm gonna look this up. New York came up with a brand new cut of steak. Are you saying there's more than one way to skin a cow? <laughs> Uh, I actually think that's exactly what we're saying. <laughs> For our cat, though, there's just the one, just one way. Yeah, there's a new steak. This is a thing from the University of Florida that I think came out around the time I was there. A um, new steak is bored. Um, I think the flat iron steak is oh, a new. I love the flat iron. It's a new. Steak. It's a. It's a new thought technology in the steak wow. world. In the okay. steak space. New steak team. It is the it is so much less expensive. It's delicious. You what is this? Tell us about like the steak tech. Fry with steak it. Tech. I am all about the flat iron steak. steak tech. I don't know anything about it. Oh, I've tried a lot of cuts of meat, and that is like the perfect balance. Okay. Yeah. Does this sounds like a preparation specification? It comes out it of doesn't. where they usually pull the chuck from. Okay. But you can get like one good steak out of there. Really? Yeah. Y'all suckers been chewing up that. Chuck, that ground chuck. Been grounding up that good shit. Damn, what a waste. There's a better cut in there. Yeah, so these guys aren't going to vote for this thing, or their boss isn't going to vote for it. And additionally... Have you checked your backyard? What? Have you checked your backyard? What do you... In the nose count, Toby. I don't think you have the votes you think you have. Who did we lose? Make your calls. (laughs) I don't have to make... Who did we lose? Make your calls, Toby. This freaks Toby out. He says, I don't need to check. And then he just leaves before his steak even comes there. So no lunch for Toby. Those guys are probably going to eat his steak, maybe. Nice. Yeah, he just left. Yeah. But it might I, would take it, I would do one of these. I'm gesturing to the waitress to bring a box. Mm. Yeah, now I'm like twirling my finger in the air. Also, people have cell phones. No, no, no. This is pre-cell. No, no. They pre-cell, pre-cell. There's a lot of things in this episode that could have been a phone call. Yeah. So there's Leo and Charlie after that. This is, uh, they get some background on Vasily Kononov. He's the kind of their preferred politician in the region, but he's not the president yet. Uh, this is where Charlie says that the attache lady's pretty. Yeah, he's crazy, but he's our kind of crazy, so. Got it. Good. The girl's not bad looking. Go to work. You think she knows how to kill me? Yes. After that, Charlie breaks off. Donna comes up. Uh, she tries to flatter Leo a little and gets a, OSHA update, and this is where Leo shoots down the whole concept and says, type slower. And you said it's because of typing fast. So No, no, is... I was just joking. Is I that... was joking. Oh, that... I was just joking. Okay. You cannot control your RSI this way. Whether you type slow or fast, you will still suffer. What if I hunt Guys, and peck, though? No, it don't matter if you hunt, if you're a hunter and a pecker. Okay? I switched over the mouse to the left hand. I got a vertical mouse. You ever heard of a vertical mouse? It's crazy. That is crazy. It's like a joystick you hold with your hand, and it rolls around. Guys, don't, don't, uh, don't be like me. Did you use a thumb ball? I tried the thumb ball. Guys, Didn't work? Mm-mm. Okay. Go to the, seek medical help, please. Now. Yeah. Before then... it's too late. Yeah, I, I, I got to take these medications. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it's doing. Yeah. I'm on the max dose, baby. Hmm. Yeah. They oh, have max doses of medication? Apparently, they did, they figure out a dose, and they say that's no more. No more than that. That's too works. much. It works. It does work. Now I'm able to play video games and, and pinch people. 
That's really good. Watch I out. Just, I literally butts. just got pinched. And I, I did will say pin. that's a that's a strong pinch. Nice pinch. No, literally, 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 I could not open the orange juice uh, box. Wow. Yeah. And now? Wait. So much orange juice. Box? You know, the box. Yeah. Carton. Oh, the, the carton. little, the, carton. Uh, ro- the rocky, you kind of rock it open. No, 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 not the little guy. I'm, t- I'm talking about the... The unscrewage. Yeah, like not the fish mouth. Mm, okay. No fish mouth. No, I'm talking about the unscrewing of the cap. Okay. It's a box? It's a boxy. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, a wax-covered Okay, cardboard. one of those, yeah. Boxy. Okay. Like a wine box. Like a wine yeah. box. I should have specified. Uh, so then CJ comes up. Uh, she has some follow-up on the thing that she got blown off for earlier, like the wording of whether they're going to call states rogue nations or troubled actor states or some bullshit like that um it that's a really that that plot line's just like really like four lines in the whole episode i um, felt like this was some sort of axis of evil kind of like flashback something like that yeah well you're they're just giving you a taste of like how they have to scrutinize every single word yeah. and phrase and then they set up that danny wants to do this big three-part feature interview with the president and CJ says no way because of this editorial streak and maybe something else. Um, but maybe there's some other things going on. Maybe in the bedroom or not going on in the bedroom. Or not in the bedroom. And then, like in the bathroom, maybe, or like a like a like some sort of a hallway closet, perhaps, or, or a vestibule. Yeah. Uh, after that, there's Leo and Toby. Um, he says he relays the information that he got in that previous meeting. They they lost some votes. I need you to talk to Marino. Toby. I need you to call him and set up a meeting with me. He needs to tell me who jumped the fence. He needs to help us bring him back. Toby, the guy lost a bad race, bloody. He's going to want to come back for this. I think he's going to want to sit down. Not on the test ban treaty. He spent four years of his life on it. So that Senator-elect Mitchell guy beat this other guy who is a strong proponent of the test ban treaty. And let's uh, let's get him up to D.C. because this is too sensitive to be discussed over the phone, maybe. So like, is this a thing? He's got to book a train ticket and get up here soon. This isn't a thing, right? Do, do, mean, do regular duck legislators feel like they can't do things because they've lost their seat? Right. So this is this brings us to the part where they start dealing with the Federalist Papers overtly, which is... Well, they don't. They, that's this late. Let's save it for the scene. That guy, that guy's save it. Save it for the scene. Oh, is there a scene where they save it for the scene? Well, because he's just saying we just need to talk to this guy. Let's bring him. Bring him up. Um, So Toby walks back to his office. uh, The shades are drawn, and he's he opens the door, and this guy starts yelling at him in Ukrainian Balkanese Cyrillic alphabet. Russian. I think we could say the alphabet is Cyrillic. Okay. Okay. In Cerulea. Yeah. And, yeah, this guy starts screaming at him. I caught the word president, I think. I'm assuming he said some legit words. Um, And then Josh comes up. Yeah, that deserves an explanation. Josh escorts that guy and the lady to his office. He's... Vasily is not happy that he's not going to meet with the president like he wants to. And they sent me Aaron Boyd. As a matter of fact, I'm the deputy chief of staff. Huh. It's actually a very, it's a big, 
Never mind. I'm kind of a big deal. And then that lady... I'm pretty, actually. The lady laughs at him, which is pretty great. Okay, so the lady. Normal-looking lady wearing a professional-looking blouse looks like a normal person. I would Whore. do sex with her. What What is Josh thinking? She's a woman. That she's, that she's probably a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> she has crazy. boobs. I guess. One can assume she also has the bottom piece. <laughs> okay. I mean, one would assume. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. So, Josh. Whore. Josh tries to calm this guy down, um, but he is not happy about it, and he still wants to meet with the president. And then he tells Donna to post some armored guards outside of his office and not let him leave. And after that is Sam and Ainsley in their meetings on the Hill. They're, I guess it's with more Republicans, I want to say, because they know Ainsley later in the episode. Yeah. Um, they're not going to move on the vote. They're basically like we're we're against this why would we like do this favor for you sam drops the thing about attaching reservations and their ears perk up visibly and they give each other like a knowing glance at each other they end the meeting without agreeing on anything and then on the way out the guy kind of calls ainsley out ainsley i'm surprised to see you here why well, before you're on bartlett's payroll you were a pretty vocal opponent of the treaty well it's president bartlett i'm on the government payroll and I believe that politics should stop at the water's edge. See, I don't think you think the treaty's bad. I don't think you think it's good. I think you want to beat the White House. Yes. You're a schmuck, Peter. She is a liberal's ideal Republican. Yeah. Do She's what Democrats say. She has the principle. She calls him a smuck, schmuck. Is that Yiddish? That is, yes. Yeah. And then uh, says, Can I take this muffin? Yeah. You gonna finish that muffin, or eat it? I guess it's an unstarted muffin. You gonna hey, start? You gonna start that muffin? Guess what, lady? Yeah, that's I'm gonna eat my muffin. That's why it's here. You think I just brought a muffin here for you? You think I brought this muffin here as a prop for you to eat? No, but I'm gonna she, eat the muffin. But oh, she whoa, does whoa, take whoa. it, Eric. I'm not done. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to eat the muffin. What I'm if d- Ainsley asked you for it? Yes, you can, can have, have it. it. Okay, good. Yeah. So I'd say she could split it with me. Yeah, halfsies. Mm. Yeah. So the next scene is out in Margaret's office, and she is typing uh, visibly slowly. You know, like she's she's hunting and pecking. If you've uh, Mavis beaconed, you might know that. <laughs> Remember, R- if you haven't Mavis beaconed, R- what are you doing with R- your RT life? If you've Mavis beaconed, yeah. Fave, uh, was there? An- hit, hit that heart below. <laughs> if you, you Mavis beaconed, jam that heart, baby. Mavis Bacon. Leo is uh, not happy about it because she's supposed to be typing up a memo. And she says that this is part of the protest over the OSHA thing. Donna's organized all of the secretaries to type slower, as he suggested. And then he gives her stern eyes and she starts typing like a normal person again. What do you think her words per minute are in fast mode? I was checking out her fast mode. She seemed like a 60, 70 WPM. That's, okay. It's pretty yeah. decent. Let's get work done speed. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Then Josh comes in to talk to Leo, uh, an update on Vasily Kononov. Um, Josh says, I have the man who came to dinner in my office. I assume this is some sort of an old movie reference. You got it. Bing, bing, bing. It's a 1942 American comedy film directed by William Keeley, starring Bette Davis and some other people 
Monty Is that Betty Davis? Monty Wooly Of the Eyes I don't really understand the reference to this necessarily, but this guy comes to a town and he's a New York radio personality and he slips on the steps of the house of some family in town, um, insists on recuperating in their home during the Christmas holidays. He has this assistant that falls in love with somebody in the town and he doesn't want the assistant to stop working for him. So he brings in one of his famous actress friends to try to like seduce the guy in town and the movie ends because they trap the actress friend in a box in a in a, an egyptian sarcophagus and ship her to nova As scotia yeah <laughs> that's the plot of this movie yeah okay. so it sounds amazing yeah um i have no idea what it has to do with vasily off yeah so that's that's a reference that got made josh huh. has seen this movie yeah this is a 60 year old movie that josh is referencing did a lot of referencing yeah so Leo has a plan for how to satisfy this guy, and they could just kick him out of the White House. That's an option too. But they're going to pull the old uh, Dalai Lama the maneuver. The old llama move. Yeah, secret llama. When I was Labor Secretary, we did it with the Dalai Lama. Obviously, Beijing doesn't want the president to have any diplomatic contact, so they arrange a low-level meeting. Keep the door open. The president wanders by. Hey, how you doing, Dalai Lama? <laughs> I just love the idea of tricking the Dalai Lama into meeting somebody. It's great. Wait, wasn't it the other way around? Yeah, wasn't it the old Wookiee prisoner move? No, they were saying... The Dalai Lama wanted to meet the president, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and they didn't want to piss off China by meeting with the Dalai Lama. Right. So they accidentally... It's like, oh, oops. It. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't avoid it. So then there's a quick update on Toby's thing, too. They basically layer on the... We know we have this one guy's vote of all the votes... Let's meet with him and figure out what's what because this guy's never going to not vote for He's it. He's definitely got the vote. He's definitely. He's for our sure. vote boy. Who could the guy that left our vote be? Only vote boy can tell. Josh calls Donna in. He calls her Norma Ray. Norma Ray is a 1979 America drama film about a factory worker from a small town in North Carolina who becomes involved in the labor union activities at the textile factory where she works after the health of her and her co workers is compromised. Just like. That's actually a pretty good reference. Pretty good pull by Josh there. That one makes sense. It's a Sally Field movie. Um, there's a kind of famous scene where she stands up and holds up a sign that says union. And people make memes every once in a while and replace <laughs> the word union with things. So you'll you'll see some Norma Ray references. Things in. that they care about because no one cares about unions anymore. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> unions. I mean, we're, we're pretty much united that unions are garbage. Because guess what? You're not in 99% of unions. So they don't benefit you. That's why you have to have a union of unions, like if they like call, call, call like an AFL CIO or something. It'll never happen. Yeah, your work's not union, right? I'm not. No, no, you're not union, right? <laughs> I mean, we have a guild. Okay, is that counts? We, we have we a have guild a, is we have like the a fancy best union. possible union you could have, where we got the government to make it illegal for other people to do our job, <laughs> just like hairdressers, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you're basically a hairdresser. Yeah. Thank the you. test is a little harder. Thank you for your much. service. Donna is going on about the ocean thing again, but little does she know that no matter what they pass, the White House and Congress are exempt from enforcing any of these laws anyways. Doesn't really make any sense, but checkmate, Donna. Seems like a bunch of hot garb. You lost. They could just tell her that. Maybe, what's she going to do? Yeah. <laughs> do your so, job. Yeah, go back to work. Type faster. And then also Donna 
uh, you're going to be our beard, <laughs> as they call it, with Vasily Kononov. So I'm a beard? Yes. I'm being used? Yes. As a dupe? Yes. How am I supposed to feel about that? How do you usually feel about that? I'm just proud to be wanted. <laughs> At least, yeah, you get parts of a relationship. Yeah. Um, you take what you get in this world. Sam and Ainsley come God, back. you think everybody's got it all figured out? You just I don't what, think you that. You take what you get, and you be happy about it. Yeah, it's something. Isn't Thank it you. like the what you take is equal to what you make? I, that's that sounds like that sounds suspiciously like math. Okay, Newton's first law of yeah. psychedelia. I don't want to have it. I want to have any of it. Sam and Ainsley come into the lobby area, and Sam's like Ainsley, baby girl. I gotta say, you clowned yourself with that muffin. <laughs> I think you said BB. <laughs> <laughs> and I have this muffin. I, was... I think that you'll discover that the sharpest of closing remarks will be blunted by asking for a muffin. You blew it. Damn, boo. And CJ comes up. She asks for Sam's advice on the Danny thing. And Sam says, yeah, sure, let him write the thing, whatever. And then Ainsley says, you should let him do it because he's really cute. Is she competition for CJ? No. no making <laughs> simultaneously threatening CJ and making Sam jealous. She is so good. She's such a power mover. She is the protagonist. She's the main character of the show. Yes. (laughs) Judging by previous ones. She is rearranging the furniture and pulling on the heartstrings. Sam gets a summary paper from Ainsley and... Oh, but guess what? She done flipped the script. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, get, get in my office, young lady, is basically what Sam says. And they, they cut. So Ainsley's up to shenanigans. Uh, as she should be as the main character of the television program, The West Wing. <laughs> then it's Toby and Senator Dan Marino, who is um, a football player yeah. <laughs> for the Miami Dolphins. And you might recognize him from like one episode of The Office. He's like the Italian mobster guy. No, that I didn't see that episode. Threatens. Uh, no, I skipped that one. Wait, it's but isn't he also the guy from Dumb and Dumber? Oh, probably. That like chokes on the thing. Oh, he he's like, the gas man. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He's li- the gas man. He doesn't oh, right. like the sound in the ear thing. He's in that That's scene right. of the car he's, when they're making the noises. The, he's really the antagonist of that movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure his name is the gas man. <laughs> You're right. So he sits down, um, gets a very tall glass of scotch delivered to him, and then tells Toby that. He's the one who changed his vote because it's not that he changed his position, but he lost a Senate race over a nuclear test ban treaty, apparently, which seems insane, like that that would be a deciding issue in a industrial state like Pennsylvania, like a giant state like Pennsylvania. That's going to be the deciding issue. Do they, we don't, do we have like a domestic source of uranium? Mm, who knows? Probably in like Alaska or something. I think we probably, I mean, maybe they mine it in Pennsylvania. They do like their mining there. Oh. But anyways, um, he's gotta respect the will of the voters and they make a does, point in this. Does episode, he though? Does he not according to uh Burke or whatever Toby says later. But really, does he though? But he says he's gotta abstain from the vote. He's not gonna vote against it, he's just not gonna vote for it. Which in this is situation he a good man or an idiot? Um depends on whether you believe in the f- farmer guy. Or the or the other guy. In the Classic papers. parable. Farmer guy and the other guy. Toby talks to this guy a little while, and that's the end of that scene. So they're probably not going to win this vote because they don't have kind of like their key member 
there for it. They cut to the lobby again. They're getting good use of that lobby set this episode. And Bonnie is giving a tour. Toby comes in ranting about how we're all going to die. The whole damn world's flying apart at the equator. You know that, Bonnie? This, of course, is my boss, Toby Ziegler. Why is the test ban treaty so important? <laughs> Let me tell you. In 1974, India set off a peaceful nuclear explosion. And Dira Gandhi herself said they had no intention of building a bomb. They just wanted to know that they could. 20 years later, India sets off five nuclear explosions. Who gets nervous? Pakistan. When Pakistan gets nervous, everybody gets nervous. You know why? Because we're all going to die. Which, yeah, he it's does true. Kind of, he does kind of flip out. We're all going to die uh, pretty soon. That's tautological. <laughs> uh, for basically the reasons that they say in this episode, too. Because tomorrow a crazy person gets the nuclear launch codes. So good luck with that, everybody. I've loved you so much, guys. To me, you've been... Oh, I think Toby's drunk in this episode, too. Or this scene. Yeah. He comes in uh, ranting and raving. Uh, The next scene is Sam and Ainsley. They are discussing this uh, flipped position paper thing that Ainsley did earlier. They say that one-third of small businesses fail. And do you know why they fail? One-third of all small businesses lose money and fail. Not because of rent hikes or big chains squeezing them out, but because of why? Employee fraud. That's right. All because of fraud. Every single one of them. Entirely? That's basically what they say in this scene. Entirely because of fraud? Uh, I would think, like... Not just because, like, the free market... Yeah, maybe some of them are bad ideas. Maybe some of them are mismanaged. Nope, fraud. Well, what's what's funny about that is... Okay, let's assume she's right, that every company across the board suffers from, like, I don't know, like, a 2% reduction in profits over loss prevention issues. But if that's the case, then it's common to all businesses, and so then it it negates itself. Like every business, as a cost of doing business, has to deal with the inevitability of loss prevention. So slippage, we call it slippage. So then, yes. Yeah, so what? If one business succeeds, the other fails. It's for other issues unrelated to that. Yeah. So yeah, you that's know, some in, good logic there, right? But they right. say they've been arguing this for an hour and a half. Before Ainsley decides to like make any of these like simple points that change Sam's mind immediately, but um, first Sam calls Ainsley racist. In fact, I can't believe I'm listening to a Republican. Could it possibly be that most of the people you want to fingerprint have darker skin than you do? Wow. Well, not to let the facts interfere with a good story, but 80% of violators are white. Fraudulent employees are three times more likely to be married. They're four times more likely to be men, 16 times more likely to be managers and executives. And guess what, Professor? They're five times more likely to have postgraduate degrees. Wait, but I don't understand. Fraud's what a does white she collar. want to do? She wants to make I don't even a understand mandatory what the... rule that Wait, all employers get background can... checked or but something? But they can do that if they want. But she wants more regulations? They can fingerprint you if they want. The like libertarian Republican position is usually not for like a national fingerprint database. Yeah, but if a small business want to fingerprint you, they can fingerprint you. It doesn't cost that much. Sam says, seems like he's starting to take the argument uh, to heart and says, start over from the beginning. And then Ainsley says, I want to eat your donut first. And then that is very <laughs> Sam draws the blinds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then after that is Danny and CJ and the like outer office of the Oval Office. Danny. Hey, CJ. Hey, Nimrod. Look, I leaked your damn story for you. You leaked it for me. I leaked it to you, pal. I use you like so much whatever. Well put. They're repeating this scene 
a lot at this point. Charlie wants nothing to do with this. Porters seldom win a Pulitzer. Feature writers do, and the Post has been getting a little outpaced in the hardware department lately. Charlie, you know me here. Do you suspect my motives are anything but journalistic? Yeah, I'd definitely like to be a part of this conversation. He just, like, is lost in his PDA at that point. He's got a pretty fancy one. <laughs> and then uh, CJ goes into the Oval Office with the president. Was that just a phone? It was a pre-phone? It, I think it was, like, a Palm Pilot. But didn't have phone technology? I don't think so. They didn't have integrated uh, ones. It was back a phone then. without the ability to make calls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, CJ goes into the Oval Office. Sir, what's doing, Claudia Jean? Mr. President, the Post would like access for Danny Cannon to do a three-part feature inside the Oval Office. Yeah, let's do it. No, I don't think it's a good idea, sir. Why not? Sir, after the editorials they've run. The yeah, last... they've been way off base. Not so much the second one, but the first, third, and fourth were silly, and the fourth was mean-spirited. Mr. President, you have to send them a message. I really don't, CJ. Is this personal? Excuse me? I hear things. I don't understand most of it, but I hear it. No, sir. It's absolutely not personal. He's a great reporter, and you're a great press secretary, and that's why it wasn't going to work as long as the two of you had those jobs. Did we learn that CJ's name is Claudia Jane yet? I think we've known that. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that? Yeah, but the president does say that. I knew that. I mean, it's. It, I'm not confident that we found that out. I just knew that because I've seen the show a thousand times. Because here, right here, I wrote down Claudia Jean, question mark, exclamation point. Yeah, I mean, hmm. you might be in the best position to tell us. That I'm this in is a the first fine position. Out. I'm doing a reversed cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> the president is so great here on the press. It's just, I mean, just, it's such a significant contrast to what's going on right now with our president-elect, soon to be president, and the press. His thing about... I gotta run for election again in two years. I'm not gonna like piss off the Washington Post. But also, like, it's the news. Like, that's what they do. They 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 write stories. Yeah, like I, that's their job. Their function is to report on you. And he, so they're he, gonna he's do fine that. Calling out the ones that he thinks are unfair, but he doesn't but also, question the legitimacy of the institution. But it's like all all no, there's no bad press, right? So no matter what. If a certain number of things they publish are critical of you, at least this one three-part thing will be you kind of giving direct feeding quotes to a reporter. Yeah, mostly quotes. And even if they ultimately try to spin it negatively, you at least got some stuff out there to the readers of the Washington Post. Like, there's no there's no reason not to do that. Yeah, it's like as close to unfiltered dissemination of their talking points as they're going to get, probably. Yeah. It was a little weird uh, in that outer office scene when CJ and Danny are talking, and she's like, oh, you just want to get a Pulitzer. Like, is that Pulitzer worthy just to, like, sit down with the president and write, like, a three-part interview? Well, I mean, you're not going to get a Pulitzer from just kind of day-to-day beat stories. You're going to get it from for, more for investigative features. stuff or maybe, yeah, I guess maybe more feature stuff. But that, I, that seems like deep, a light one, though. Like, yeah. just, I, I sat with the president and asked him, I guess Middle up, East, what do you think? That's Healthcare, up to Danny. What do you think? How, yeah, how good he makes it. What do you yeah, think, maybe. Mr. President? Nuclear test ban treaty or nuclear test ban treaty? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, the president brings Danny in, does a little bit of like dressing him down. Danny, I think you guys have had your heads up your asses for the last few weeks. I hope you don't mind me saying so. I've got an election to win in two years, and I'm not about to alienate the Washington Post. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what I will do, though. I'm canceling our subscription. Excellent, sir. The White House buys 1,100 copies of the Post every day. Canceling that subscription should send a message loud and clear. No, I meant just mine and Abby's. I'll borrow a copy from somebody. She's, like, so eager to punish 
the wa- Washington Post monetarily. Yeah. And it bothers me. But only because I work at a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, cancel, guys. You got to keep, keep reporting. They got David Farenthold. Farenthold. He's got that notepad. He reports all the stuff on the Trump Foundation. Yeah. Did so much good. That's expensive. Yeah. He's got to keep in legal pads and make phone long distance phone calls. It's not cheap. And then the president leaves. The president's pretty cool, but I think even that is kind of weird. Really? Like, they wrote a couple bad op-eds? You're just going to cancel your subscription? Come on, bro. You're the fucking president. Yeah. Come Th- on. thicker skin. Yeah. Thicken, in thicken your skin. So the president leaves, and then CJ lets it be known that Danny, she knows that Danny has a job offer to be an editor at the Washington Post. Is that like a normal career trajectory? You do some reporting stuff, and then you get a... Yeah, move it on up. That's like... Is an editor like the manager of the yeah. newsroom? Yeah. Better okay. hours, better and, pay. And Danny lets her know that he knows that she knows. Meanwhile, I wasn't really clear on this. I didn't mm. know. Were we supposed to know? No. Okay. No. I didn't know. But this is what's been in CJ's bonnet for the whole episode. Um, she wants him to take the job so that they have some professional separation so they can get back on the... Yeah, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He's a reporter... Through and through. Not only does he have no ethical qualms with uh, there being a close relationship with the press secretary and the reporter, but uh, he also don't give a fuck about her feelings. CJ, I have no problem with a reporter dating the press secretary. Well, I have a problem, so... Yeah. Okay. I'll see you later. Yeah, he's pretty cold about it he's a cold motherfucker well he just thinks you know i can have my cake and eat it too and she's like nope no you can't can't eat my cake have cake when you're also eating it yeah there are two states of cake you either have cake or you're eating cake there's no you cannot that's it like so if i have a cake you can eat my cake by the way where did this come from i wonder shakespeare probably right yeah good chance yeah i've i've actually looked up this phrase before it's pretty funny but who was shakespeare it's i feel like it's like yogi berra said that one time because <laughs> he's dumb and this yeah. is a dumb aphorism here here's the part i found funny an early recording of this phrase is in a letter on 14 march 1538 from thomas duke of norfolk to thomas cromwell pre-shakespearean as a man cannot have his cake and eat his cake. A man may not haveth both cake and Hapeth. eateth, eateth thine cake. <laughs> Would you bother eat your cake and have your cake? <laughs> That's uh, in the English tongue from John Haywood's a dialogue <laughs> on continenting. And I don't can't even pronounce these words. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, anyways. The next scene is Donna and Vasily Kononov's like beard meeting, and Donna is just going in on the RSI stuff. See, the keyboard forces users to put their wrists into a palms-down position and encourages a sideways wrist twist to reach the enter key. That sideways twist is called an ulnar deviation, and it's very bad. Guys, it's a serious problem. You can just wake up one day and find yourself having a major problem with your keyboard at work. you got to go see a doctor if there's any pain, if there's any softness. And they will take you to a physical therapist. Oh, you, maybe you might have to seek out a, a pain management specialist as I did. Please, react now. See the doctor now before it's too late. 
it's serious. Why are you now? The president pops into the room, lets it be known that it's a sham that he's there. Vasily? Vasily Koninov. Well, you're the last person I expected to be where they told me to go. Room clears out, and the guy has his little issue list that he just rattles off. He's like, I want to talk about this. I, want to I, talk I just want to add, he says to the prostitute, I don't know you. <laughs> Vasily? Yes? I don't know who this is. Uh, I.e., get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the guy says his issue list. Uh, the president gives him pretty thoughtful responses to them he takes them seriously and says you know this is the condition holding up this thing blah 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 so he gets some very high level answers to his questions but it's a you know minute long meeting at the most but then he says we have to deal with the official government so go win your election and then we'll then we'll talk and then he as he's leaving he can he says now you can go home and do exactly what you wanted to do which is say you've met with the president of the united states and then he does this like twirly move. You just have. You just did, bro. I'm the guy. <laughs> Pulls his sunglasses down. Welcome to Me Town. Yeah. Population you. So that's a pretty funny little move that the president has there. And then on the way out, he says, uh, "How you doing?" To the to the lady, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And so that's the Vasily Koninov story arc. <laughs> I believe uh, now he is referenced as Dr. Zhivago. Yeah, Leo says Dr. Dr. Zhivago is out of the office. Um, Yet again, a went right over my head. This is a Russian doctor, whereas our man Vasily is Ukrainian. Offensive. Wow. When, back when Dr. Zhivago was written... <laughs> The the Ukraine, as it was known then, was part of Russia. And that's wow. why it's called the Ukraine, because it was just like a region. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the Ukraine. I'll say it again. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that the, the V is such like a political hotbed thing. Like it's implying that they're still under Soviet domination mm. to say the word the in front of their country name. That's I didn't really learn anything about the ukraine <laughs> through this plot line Clearly not. except that they're all drunks and prostitutes they drink a lot with sex workers uh so there's leo and sam after that sam and i guess uh, ainsley's in the room too he's talking about his new position that he got from ainsley so sam is for fraud prevention now he is pro fraud prevention so anti-fraud and he lays out what he calls the fraud triangle need <laughs> opportunity and the ability to rationalize their behavior. It's called the fraud triangle. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. Opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, opportunity. Been there. And uh, something else. Yes, sir. And then uh, they leave. Ainsley is befuddled that her argument that she gave to Sam is going to influence the president. I was just talking, Sam. I was just talking to you. Well, we play with live ammo around here. You convinced me. I convinced Leo. Leo convinced the president. Sam. It's a short day, Ainsley, in a big country. We've got to move fast. And so because I said this in here, the president in yeah. there is going to... you got to tell me when that's going to happen. Sam walks away, and there's a 360 pan around the communications pen. Big pan. Of a bunch of normies. So many people. N- real normal-looking. Total normos. Old people. There's like a military-looking guy that comes through. It's kind of got a buzz cut. Um, people we've never seen before and we'll never see again that apparently have desks in this room that we see all the time. Um, but they're they're working hard and being productive. and They're ha- being ha- America. Yep. 
and Ainsley's overcome with emotion, it seems like. She's the best. So then uh, we go to the Oval Office. Uh, the president and Toby, they finish up the lame regular Duck Congress um, plot line by, yeah, fuck it. Let's not do it, <laughs> which is a thing that this show does a little bit. Why wouldn't they just do the thing in the episode? No, but this is good. Like, this is reality. Like, you know. We had this big idea. and then it, They fought so hard all episode for this thing, and it just wasn't happening. They spent like a day. Okay, they fought medium, <laughs> medium hard. But, like, they should have just, it would have been more interesting if they would have, like, lost the vote dramatically at the end, like, because they thought they could win it or they something. They didn't have the know. nose count. Right. But it's just, it's kind of like the uh, Josh's lawsuit thing where they send this whole episode like, oh, we're going to do the thing. We're going to do the thing. Yeah, whatever. Eh, no thing. It's fine. Nothing. This episode is just like a total wash. Everything that happens doesn't matter. This is where Toby uh, drops some Edmund Burke. Didn't Edmund Burke say that a representative owes not just his industry but his judgment and betrays you if he sacrifices his judgment to yours? Is that the Federalist Papers? No, no, no. So, uh... Actually, Alexander Hamilton wrote the majority of the Federalist Papers, along with Madison and Monroe. And John Jay, I want to say. Fuck that guy. Oh, and this a, is a school of criminal this justice. This is, uh, I found the speech this is from, that Toby quotes. It's Edmund Burke. Speech to the electors of Bristol. Yeah. It's 3 November, guy. 1774. Bristol, right. He lost in Bristol. Yeah. Um, and the idea, essentially, is that people elect you to make your own judgments. So substituting their judgment for your judgment is not like giving proper service to them it's like they chose you to make these decisions so the you president should use says as much as well he's right. like yeah this ain't a democracy bro this is one of those situations i could give a damn what the people think the complexities of a global arms treaty the technological military the diplomatic nuance it's staggering toby 82% of the people can't possibly be expected to reach an informed opinion. This, this is the eternal struggle over whether you want a technocratic government. Do you want a government that is essentially designated to be the full-time expert on the complexities of governing and make decisions about those complexities that you can't possibly make. Okay, that sounds good. Are busy with your day to day life doing whatever you're doing, being a farmer, being a banker, whatever you happen to be focusing your attention on, right? It's complicated, it's really technical, and that's why we have a representative government instead of doing everything by a direct vote like they do a lot of times in Switzerland. You literally poll everyone and the outcome of the poll is what we're gonna do, like a referendum. Yeah. But we can't make informed decisions on complicated things so we appoint a guy whose full-time job it is to consult all the experts understand it fully delegate it to a team of you know other people and make as inform as an informed decision as possible there's another aspect to this too where they keep referencing this like 82 percent of people are for this treaty like how can you be against this and it's kind of a parallel to the flag burning episode yeah. Where they're on the other side of that equation, and they're like, oh, but people don't really care. And I feel like this is, notwithstanding the Pennsylvania Senate race, which was apparently decided on this, it's probably not a thing most people really care about. So you may poll right. them, and they're like, oh, yeah, no no nuclear bombs. Well, that sounds good, it's but just who not cares? comprehensible. So there's a lot of interesting stuff in legal philosophy about what, what, like, what is the function of the, the judiciary. And if you want to get really cynical about it, 
one of the ways the judiciary in practice functions is by taking an outcome that people find outrageous and unjust and hiding it behind a veil of complexity so that people just, they still feel like the outcome was unjust, but they can't understand the reasoning behind why that was the outcome. And it guts the, the vitality of their, their objection to it. This is like the thesis of hypernormalization. They called it perception management, and it became a central part of the American government during the 1980s. The aim was to tell dramatic stories that grabbed the public imagination, not just about the Middle East, but about Central America and the Soviet Union. And it didn't matter if the stories were true or not, providing they distracted people and you, the politician, from having to deal with the intractable complexities of the real world. Basically, it's like the world is too complex to understand. And so all that we really have is these like rival narratives to try to like describe it and give people some story that they can latch on to. And the status quo gets an enormous advantage because it's happening. Right. And it, it takes too much energy to fight to change it when it's so complicated, you can't, you aren't sure whether it's the right thing to do to change it. Is this that documentary you're yeah. talking about? It's an Adam Curtis documentary. It's a BBC thing. Have you seen this? Not yet. It's on. Have you told you about it? Yeah. There's a shitty version of it on YouTube that's like in like 240p resolution. I'm going to write this down. I'm writing this down right now, folks. It's a good, it's a good movie. It'll blow your mind, people. This I, comes I, I back to Burke because I think it S was Burke. normalization because <laughs> it's British. British. It's one word. I think it was Burke who said that you need to take very seriously changing existing uh, institutions because they work, they function, they provide a stable environment. And if you change them radically and destabilize everything, it's hard to recover. It's hard to recover the prior stability you had from the status quo. And so that that people... And to reestablish like the authority of yes. it. Yes. Yeah, the legitimacy of it that's perceived yeah. by people. I, I guess Burke is sort of looked at as like a classical conservative. Like literally, I am trying to conserve what works and be yeah. cautious. We got this far with it. And skeptical about yeah. change and progress. Yeah, so words the, had meaning. So I guess the thing you were talking about, the technocratic government kind of is what this movie gets into too it's all we really do is elect managers yeah to like mitigate the possible bad outcomes politicians would have to give up any idea of trying to change the world instead their new aim would be to try and predict the dangers in the future and then find ways to avoid those risks the political class reduced to trying to steer society into a dark and frightening future constantly peering forward and trying to see the risks coming towards them. Their only aim, to avoid those risks and keep society stable. That we essentially reward the people who can come up with the scariest possible outcomes, like we're all going to get nuked or all the immigrants are going to come and kill you all or whatever. And it's just like it's this really vicious cycle of putting worse and worse people because they can come up with scarier things to, to pretend to manage when just like the system keeps going. I That's interesting. So it's like by, by fear mongering, you get to claim a false sense of accomplishment by avoiding the things you yeah, fear. The aliens, about. The, the lizard people didn't take over. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I great. must be, I must be the good one. 
I don't think Bartlett meant to imply that quite, but he kind of got into the territory of that. of just like, it's too complex for people to understand. So like, we shouldn't really listen to what they say because what do they know? Yeah. And it's true. And he's, he's arguing that in favor of the idea that a politician shouldn't just like be a leaf on the current of public opinion, even amongst their own constituents, that they're there to override the poorly informed judgment of their own constituents for the entirety of their term. Hmm. Yeah. So as a result uh, that they can't get this vote, there is going to be no Congress session of any type, lame, regular, or otherwise. And then so it's kind of a weird title because there ends up being no lame duck Congress in the episode called the lame duck Congress. It's like thinking about the lame duck Congress maybe would have been a good episode title. A little long, but yeah, a little wordy. They could have worked on it. This episode uh, is over essentially, but the or the plot line that they're going to work on is over. So Toby and Prez are going to go burn a couple up in the White House, yeah. play some chess, listen All to right. some Wu Tang, and then uh, see see what they can come up with for tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day. And then on the way out of the office, the president says something. I couldn't understand if it was a really normal thing or a really weird thing. <laughs> If anybody's out there, I'm signing off. Have a good night. Was he talking to the people in the office outside, or was he yeah. talking to potential spies that had bugged the White House? <laughs> well, then when somebody I heard comes the pers- in and then turns off the lights, and I was like, oh, no, I, just, I see. I thought he he's was just talking to a staff. Turning off all the listening devices. That's lamps. what I thought he was saying, too, is like to like whoever... You know, whatever Ukrainian spy agency has bugged the office. That that lady, while he I was like, while like, he was inside talking to Vasily Kononov, she sneaks into the office and plants some bugs. You definitely have like a more Cold War like view of, of Westman than I do. But I, I think yours is more accurate. Because the way he says politics. it, it's like whoever's listening out there, I'm signing off for the night, which is like uh, signing off is a very like radio transmission-y yeah. verbiage. I think he might have been talking to potential spies, which is awesome. Yeah, but then this guy comes in and turns all the lights off, and uh, he could get an Alexa nowadays, I guess. I got a little, uh, a bunch of remote control outlets. Oh yeah, it's like you thirty got, bucks. You got a six. clapper? No, no, it's like a. It's got you a, don't have a remote. Clapper? Do they hook up to the robots now? They don't. They do not hook up to the robots. Because mm. those are cool. Wait, what's? I thought you were. What's the kidding. robots? What's the robots? Yeah. The, the little listening dealies. Oh, the Alexas. Oh, hey, uh, Siri, turn my lights off. That kind of there stuff. There are more expensive ones you can get that are that will go on your router and then interface with stuff that works for that. Yeah. But this is like a, just a little RF signal thing. Yeah, but so you can actually, get ones that go, they just, you stick them on outlets and you yeah. plug stuff into them. That's what, that's what these are. Yeah. Oh, but you can't talk to them. I mean, you, you have to press a button. You have to press a button. You have to press a button. You got to use your hands like a baby. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty good, though. Like a baby. I will tell you this. When you have a little remote control that turns on and off every single light individually, and you're, like, in bed, you're like, oh, I left the lights on. And then you get up, and you're like, oh. you, like, just let your finger, like, graze gently on the remote control, and all your lights go off. I almost always rather push a button than talk anyways. Or clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want things to be, like, discreet. Binary. Clap on, clap off. But even then, it's like... The clapper. I'm going to turn everybody's lights off that's listening to this show. Gotcha. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> and we out. Um, okay, and that's the credits of the episode. And they, the credit shot is the cross-talking Oval Office meeting from earlier. Um, 
So that's that. Headlines? I didn't even try to write headlines. Really? I didn't even try. We promised double headlines. Oh, I know, but both, I was sleeping. We both like really like procrastinated on. on you didn't this do one. any either. Can we do some? I, I got to carry the headlines. I got I got some headlines. I got three of them. So that's actually a, it's more than double than we had last time. So I think we're technically going through on our promise. Um, <laughs> in Senate, test ban finds few fans. It's got some alliteration, some rhyming. It's all right. Okay, here it's we very go. New York Times style in Senate, comma. <laughs> Too many commas. We're not, you know, we're not allowed to comma in our heads. That's a elitist punctuation. <laughs> yeah, we 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 are not. At any time I ever try to sneak a comma into my head. How about so? What do you? What you it's can, rewritten. But it's more exclamation. Efficient. Exclamations are all right. It's more efficient to say Senate has few test bans. I frequently. Not the, that's not the New York Times style. No, really, they New do York these, Times do commas. They do these that's crazy. They set it they off. They do these ridiculous inverted sentences. Yeah. They're insane. They have sometimes I wish I could subject. do those, but I can't. Yeah. So I have to say things like "Ain's misbehaving" because <laughs> she did. The, she changed the. Okay, I got an Ainsley one too. Play for pastry. White House backs <laughs> off lame duck session <laughs> after gift of baked goods. Play <laughs> for pastry. <laughs> and um, it's a weakness i have another one that's kind of it's more visual but i think i could describe it it's s t r i k e strike exclamation point so yeah it's somebody slow typing the word strike um which for that's the donna thing bless her that's what i got she's a hero she's a hero this episode it's a fine episode it's a it's a filler episode. It's a filler episode. It's fine, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Still, good Ainsley. Not tired of her yet. Some solid it, Ainsley. It explores like a pretty, a re- like a really fundamental thing. It really does. Norma Ray. Well, more like, re- like what do we want from? Like, are we willing to cede our own judgment to our elected officials? Absolutely. And should we should we try to find an elected official who we we believe we ought to do that to? That's kind of heavy. Jesus, yeah. man. Do you think the whole episode does that, or is that just kind of at the end? I mean, that's the whole lame it's building thing. up to the that. The whole there, lame there, thing is like it, it's in the background. I mean, yeah, it only really gets to it at the end, but it's it's hanging over the whole episode. It's like sh- you know, why are you why are you you know kicking the bastard out and voting for the non-establishment? Yeah, why guy? are you slandering why ducks do you like bring this? The establishment ducks guy are back in as far as waterfowl go, pretty cool. Is is the delay between the elections and the signing in just a weird artifact of like it used to take like six weeks to go by horse <laughs> from like Louisiana to Washington? Probably. Like, what is that time for if not for doing things like that? Yeah, and I mean that's why they're out of session normally, right? But if there's an pressing issue, whatever phrase they use, it's like, you know, what do you do? And then I guess the answer is they still have power. Sure. I mean, the the president doesn't lose his, like, commuting abilities. I mean, yeah. Obama's been exactly. partying people all week. Damn, Obama. We're going to miss you so much, bro. Yeah. That you, was good you president. Right. You all right, man. Yeah. You kind of stinky, but you all right. He's all right. But, like, in comparison. Well, th- that there you go. Donald Trump did a great thing for making... Barack Obama looked like amazing. Like so smart and shit. And saving us from all the terrible imaginary things. I mean, that's something a lot of people have said is like, 
Obama didn't really do anything to like change the direction of the country necessarily. Like, you know, it kind of tilted the ship of state. He, even, a, a he little... said that in his first speech in the White House. He was like, guys, don't expect much. This is a giant barge, and I'm just going to kind of like drop a paddle on one side. Right. So the acceleration that the Trump presidency will likely be of the like bad forces is going to make Obama like in retrospect look awesome comparatively because it was like maybe look but at also these like couple awful, of, look at these he, like didn't is sort of responsible it. for it you know in a way because it's a reaction to his presidency yeah i guess so i don't know i, don't I think, think i think it's hillary clinton <laughs> i just don't ever want to say that name again or hear about yeah. it that's, that's what i'm she's saying going to the inaugural yeah that's weird i wouldn't go if i were her i'm not going I'm not going either. I'm personally not going to go. And many people have asked me to go. Yeah, so this episode's, you know, it's it's good stuff. There's, you know, the lunch thing was kind of funny. Could have been funnier. They yeah, could have spent yeah. a few more minutes on the lunch orders. Come Give on. me something weird. Okay, any other thoughts? I, I think this is like, I mean, it's a decent episode, it's but totally I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a great episode. Solid to decent. There's nothing super memorable. The drunk guy could have been drunker. Yeah, <laughs> for my liking, prostitute could have been even remotely prostitute-y. Yeah, if this was an HBO show, they would have explored that a little yeah, deeper. They should have. Um, but yeah, uh, B minus. I'm on board with that. Give, give it a letter grade. I'll allow it. Uh, so that's that. Uh, so everybody, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry, Elise wasn't on this one. Oh, uh, uh, we missed. Or, a, no, we, actually, thanks for Elise for uh, not talking and laughing at all over yeah, jokes. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> she didn't get any of the jokes. She's definitely right here with us. We love you. Oh, uh, yeah. Review us on iTunes. <laughs> uh, As they say. Rate and review, follow. But be honest, guys. Yeah. Four stars. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Only if it's going to be four or five stars. Four stars, fine. Um, three stars, unacceptable. That's not honest. Now ask for the stars you want to have. Yeah. Four, four is fine. It's like aspirational. All right. Bye. Love you. <laughs>